If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. Hey folks, as I'm sure many of you know, there's a really easy way to support the podcast. If you head over to patreon.com slash witchpolice, for as little as a buck a month, you can support the podcast, you can get access to all kinds of bonus material, bonus episodes, early looks at some of the interviews I'm doing, uh, extra content from the guests, and all kinds of fun stuff. Again, that's patreon.com slash witchpolice, and I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who supports the show, especially our newest patron, Jimmy Shannon. Be like Jimmy, support the show down at Patreon. Thanks for listening. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with uh, someone who is new to the podcast, and actually, I guess I guess fairly new to uh, the, the local music scene in the sense that you have, uh, I, I know we'll get into this in more detail, but you have a single that's coming out, it just came out at the time people are hearing this. So I think that the best um, way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. Yeah. Um, well, hi everyone on Witch Police. I started, you know, doing the art thing seriously when I was in poetry slam. So my roots are in the written word. I did competitive poetry slams across Canada and was the uh, slam master for Winnipeg Poetry Slam for a number of years. Um, Always loved music. Um, Had been writing since I was a kid, like many of us do, Um, but didn't dive into it or release anything, you know, legitimately um, until, you know, I graduated from college, did that for a little bit and realized that I really wanted to get back into it. And I left Poetry Slam behind and started songwriting all the time, met Sierra Noble and we started working together on what's going to be my EP, um, just coming out in September completely. But this is the first single that I'm releasing on Friday or today or it's already out it'll have already happened yeah that's the one problem with recording these in advance right you get this like weird delay but yes it it exists people can find it and at the end of this we will definitely tell people where to go to find to find the single um and to sort of follow your your music in general but um i guess like i don't know too much about the poetry slam world i have a general idea of how it works and and what it is but what are the main sort of differences you find um, moving into this area of creativity from what you were doing before? Obviously, I mean, you're playing instruments and singing. That, that's going to make a difference from writing and, and, and reciting poetry. But just having all that experience in that arena, what is it? What is the kind of transition to, to music been like for you? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's, you know, funny switching disciplines. Like I did have, you know, um, classical voice training and had been taking guitar lessons for a while, but like transitioning back into st- songwriting fully, I realized there were a lot of 
I'd reached a plateau with guitar playing. And so I really had to sit down and, you know, figure out my finger picking style and really memorize James Taylor songs. <laughs> so that took some time. Um, the thing that came more naturally, I guess, is like the most intuitive part for me was the poetry writing uh, or the lyrics. Um, that makes so sense. That I felt, yeah, that I felt had kind of figured itself out when I started hopping into this project. Um, but everything else, yeah, it's been a grind and I'm pretty hard on myself, especially with guitar playing. Like I am, yeah, obsessed over certain guitar players. Like in Winnipeg, there's the Lander brothers. Um, Joey's playing like blows my mind all the time or, you know, watching a lot of uh, Laura Marling videos. Anyway, I'm blabbing, but no, no, this, yeah. this is a show about blabbing. So it's, it's perfect. <laughs> but that's, it's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned the guitar because that was the thing that grabbed me the most um, listening to your single. I, I mean, the guitar is, I don't know if it's just the way it's recorded or the type of guitar you're using or the way it's played, but it has a really distinct, distinctive sound that I don't know what it is about it that that makes it stand out. But there's something to the tone of it. I think that uh, that just sounds really cool and 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 different too. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's. I think that's that's probably. It took me the longest to write that guitar riff. I put a lot of you know forethought into that, um, and that does take me more time I think than writing the the poetry, as I said. But um, it's all worth it in the end, you know. It's about the amount of hours that you put in sometimes in other disciplines, but I, I'm rambling again. No, no, know. it's it's all good. I ramble all the time. I'm gonna probably show. say that five times. It's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah and I'll, I'll I'll say no, no, don't worry. Every time, but um, yeah. so I, I guess like I mean, often on this show, I'm talking to people who um have like a really extensive body of work. Sometimes I'm talking to people who have been doing this for, you know, 30 years or something and they have this big deep catalog to talk about. And you, this is your first single, which is not something I usually uh, do on the show is talk to someone who's releasing just, just the very first music. But you have, uh, I think, kind of an interesting story uh, related to this single and around this single. And not least of all is is like you have like kind of a murderer's row of, of, of co-creators uh, on this and the people you've worked with in terms of really every aspect of it. Like I was looking at the... Um, the credits there and it's crazy you're you're working with some of like winnipeg's best best artists and, and producers and everything yeah i you know what i got really lucky and i also got really you know curious about just you know i've been following and been active in the art scene for a long time even though it's, music is a new thing um and so i guess all of that confidence i built doing that it's like you know somebody knows somebody and but also you know it's yeah, I don't know. I'm super grateful to the people that I met. I met Sierra very casually at a music conference, and I really was heart set on working with uh, a non-binary identifying or woman producer. And my gut told me, like, was just screaming, "You have to, you have to work with Sierra." And that is exactly what I needed in the end. And they were really supportive co-producer. Also, like, allowed me to really step into identifying myself as a co-producer, which doesn't often happen. <laughs> Um, not you know, for a first release either. I mean, that's like yeah. a, a big deal. Yeah. 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 No, not often. So I was, you know, right in there, you know, doing the song treatment saying, okay, I guess I'll reach out to this musician and this and that. And like, yeah, I just decided I was just going to hire the people that I admired. Uh, there's that old saying out there that you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, <laughs> and I definitely want Madeline Roger in the room. Just kidding. But like, actually at Madeline Roger as a person, um, wonderful person to be around, you know, amazing talent aside and Sierra too. Um, and it was wonderful getting to know them as friends as well, um, as mentors and co-creators and they have artist projects of their own as well. So I was 
really grateful that they made time for, you know, another, you know, artist's work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So did, uh, I mean, I, I guess maybe let's just go, go into the single itself. What can you tell me about about the, the song and, and where it comes from and, and sort of what the what the background is? Because, I mean, I know, obviously, the people you worked with, that is a part of it. Like you said, you were hoping to work with a, a non-binary or a woman producer. And I, I think I, I saw in your um, some of the info about your song that, that, that the whole thing is really involved with, with women involved in every sort of aspect of this. But what can you tell me about the song and, and where it comes from? Well, you know, it's hard to pinpoint that, I guess, for a lot of people, hey? Um, natural to not know where the creative source really comes from. I mean, it, it didn't come from a lightning rod from space. I'll tell you that. I think it was, um, you know, a chain reaction of thoughts. You know, I, you know, I'm kind of eclectic. I have like, I don't know, just for fun, like a deck of Oracle cards that are based on like women figures from history or like important deities from like various, um, uh, religions. And okay. I think that, that opening my mind up to those narratives is really interesting and makes me be receptive to all kinds of philosophies, I guess. And um, Joan of Arc was one of those oracle cards I pulled one day. And then I really started nerding out and diving into Joan's story. And I was struck by how they're represented in art with, you know, they were like, Joan would wear like armor on the battlefield, right? But then there was a lot of art out there of her in like a battle skirt which is like interesting and this and that. Um, I don't know, it got my wheels turning. It started making me think about, you know, what is being a girl or a woman or whatever mean to me? And what are some of the stereotypes I've kind of let sink in? And, you know, um, so that's where it started. And then it's just like, I guess I'll just be Joan and people can think what they think <laughs> and paint me in skirts or whatever if they want. Um, I don't know. Well, Loosely, that's what it means to me. It's just, yeah, unpacking all of those things.
interesting figure to, to choose from to, to, to choose to write about too historically right because i mean like i mean not least of all is 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 how young joan was for for all of that i mean i don't know too much of the yeah. the, the, the the you know deep details of it or anything but just i mean learning that she was like a super young teenager like i have a daughter her age you know <laughs> and that's that's crazy yeah. to think that someone who made such an impact uh, on history really and and you know obviously didn't die in a great way um at that yeah. at such a crazy young age you know going going through all that it's it's, it's weird to think about yeah, super weird to think about. Yeah, 16, you know, leading a bunch of French men into a battle and then winning and then basically getting burned at the stake yeah. for doing that solid work. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting story. And I feel like, you know, I don't know, loosely, like there's, there's like, I don't know, emotions we can still infer today from that story, even though it's like, they say history repeats itself even if you don't learn something from it. I don't know what we can learn from like the 1800s, but I don't know. <laughs> That's got to be something. I'm not about to question why it was so important to write about Joan. I just did it. I don't know. No, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe a better question than, is, is, than, than why is what do you hope um, people will get out of this song? Like, do you have any kind of um, ideas of what you were? I mean, I know that once it's out of your hands, it's kind of into the ether and people can interpret however they want and and all of that. But do you have sort of an idea of what you're hoping people can take from the song or, or, or from just your whole uh, experience of recording it and, and putting it out there? Yeah. You know, if there's one thing I could take away is, you know, if you're a woman identifying or gender fluid or you feel like you're underrepresented in your industry, for example, with music, um, you know, find your mentors, just like gun for it, you know, gun for people who are, you know, doing what you do, doing it better than you in your mind or whatever, surround yourself with them, learn from them and also, you know, support your other women too. And, you know, have role models as many as you can from even history um, and read a lot. And, you know, I don't know, just, you know, use those figures to kind of guide you even if it seems like a zany connection like Joan of Arc, you know, it worked for me. Um, but yeah, I really experiment with that and make sure that, you know, you're listening to musicians and writers and, you know, reading their works and that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, that's what I would hope they would get from it. No, that's a, I think that's a good thing to, to take uh, into account, like whatever creativity it is, right? I mean, whether it's a painting or a novel or, or a song, yeah, f finding out like who's doing it and what they're doing and then how they're doing it and, kind of getting to know the people involved and why why they're they're talking about these topics and things is you can't really go wrong with that <laughs> i don't think anyway um as far as um as far as sonically and what you're doing with the song do you, this is a, everyone hates this question i, I don't want to i hate asking this question too it's the whole like you know what kind of music do you play question um and the reason people hate answering it is because it's so hard to pin everything down now everyone i guess maybe because the internet has opened up everything to everyone at all at once and not to name that movie but um like 
do, do you do you feel like you have a, a grasp on what type of music you play or is it something that's more nebulous that kind of uh, has a lot of things coming and going from it yeah total nebula no um you know i just really like that word i say know. nebulous as much as possible because it, it, it i love that yeah it's a good word that's a really good word um yeah what does it remind me of i don't know like blood cells um <laughs> but <laughs> um i think i understand what it is i make it out and right now with the cp it is very you know um you know 60s 70s nostalgia folk you know we're drawing a lot from like Joni mitchell vibrato and joan baez vibes um okay. pulling a lot from also like some bluegrass banjo picking style but for some reason it's in my guitar now um I don't know it's but it's definitely drawing from those you know old roots like yeah. I'm not afraid to say that it is kind of old-timey sounding um and uh is that where I want to be in the future um I'm not too sure I would like to maybe like push it into like I don't know like southern gothic or blues more someday but right now this is what it is and apparently it's quite cheery so <laughs> um i guess it's cheery nostalgic folks so there you go well the, the reason i asked too is because i mean having I, yeah. I would have assumed that, that that was kind of the direction you're going that not not necessarily cheery folk but i mean that kind of nostalgic folk based on the right. sound but yeah. Having only heard the one song, I have no idea if, you know, maybe there's like a doom metal song on the record. I, you know, <laughs> there could be anything. There could, maybe there's... Maybe yeah, someday. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> I'm... Not right now, no. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. How, how many shows have you done at this point? Like, have you have you done a bunch of shows? I, I know you have one coming up that's a, a house show that's like your release show for this um, this single, which is a really... House shows are the best shows. Like, the, I, I, if I had to choose any kind of concert, I would choose a house show like 10 out of 10 times. So that's... And it's very good for a folk project obviously but have you been doing a lot of a lot of live shows um since you kind of went from the poetry to the music thing um here and there um you know i was really taking my time with the whole production thing and the writing thing and i didn't want to rush the live part um i've been playing with some other backing musicians uh here and there as well and you know the dream really is to have a you know a backing band with me and i do like so solo shows but i feel like i have a lot of balls rolling in the air or whatever um and, uh, but i do hope to play more i will for sure have a big ep release somewhere and um there's other types of shows i would like to do with other musicians and i'm always looking to play more shows i mean it's good practice i feel yeah. like i have the luxury of having done poetry slam for a while so i feel like my between song banter is pretty rock solid that's important <laughs> there are other things i'm still working on <laughs> Have you have you tried these songs out with with a backing band or are they so far just been performed like in in yourself or small small groups? Yeah, so I've been trying it out. Um, uh, occasionally, I've been playing with Rory Verbrug, plays pedal steel. Um, he plays with everybody. Then, yeah, he he's well. I mean, jeez, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and then uh, a few different upright bass players. Uh, most recently, Daniel Perry. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know if this, anyone remembers who these people are, but anyway, I've been playing with them. I've been playing with like basically a circulation of different, um, instrumentalists because I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the setup even? Is it a trio? Yeah. Is it this or that? Cause I'm not like, uh, even though I would love to be like really rock and roll, like show pony, like we all know this, <laughs> you know, it's like, it is like down earth folk. So that's why I also decided to do like a house show because it was like, 
well, I could do this at a loud bar where I'm bearing my soul and people are bowling at the same time. Shout out to Park Alley. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Or, <laughs> yeah. I figured um, that's what you were talking about with bowling anyway. in the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Park Alley's is awesome for like rock bands. It's like phenomenal. And then for like when you're like, fuck, oh, the Joan of Arc, it's like, oh, <laughs> crash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least when you're on stage singing it. I, apparently the audience can't hear it, but then my anxiety just goes... Yeah, no, I imagine that. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, anyway. Just like working with someone like Rory, though, who, who has that... I mean, adding pedal steel to anything makes it sound country. Like, even if you're not trying to, right? I mean, it just has that, that effect of, of, of adding that twang to it. How, how different do these songs sound to you? I mean, you know, again, the EP's not out yet. Most people probably haven't heard them unless they've seen you live, but... How different do they sound to you once you sort of move it over into a group setting, even if it's just a trio or whatever? Do they radically change from how they sounded like in your head when you were writing them? Or is it still essentially the same song just with added kind of extras? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it certainly has changed. I mean, when I went into this thinking I'm going to be co-producing, you know, it's also like you have to hand it to these, you know, session players. These are, you know really like grade a players who are also composing too, like with you or like, you know, having their own artistic, you know, splash on what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah. What was the question again? Has it changed from like in my head? Yes. Yeah, the, the sound, um, the overall sound of that, them. like they added to it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess maybe they, a, a better way of wording that question is, is does, does it make you, does it make you rethink sort of the structures of the songs or anything like that once you hear hear them more fleshed out? Yeah, it, it helps so, yeah, a lot. You know, it has taught me to also, like, take space between phrases. It's so funny. Like, sometimes at Poetry Slam, I think I got this way too, where it's just, like, verse after verse after verse. And then in music, it's like, okay, we can take a pause and now they can, like, just do something for eight bars. I'm like, blows my mind. I'm like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> you know um or there can be these moments yeah um so that has definitely changed things yeah coming from that that poetry background do you have just like lyrics upon lyrics upon lyrics that are waiting to be turned into songs do you have a big backlog of, of stuff you've written because i i imagine that that doing poetry you probably are writing a lot of poems <laughs> over the years <laughs> and they probably built up somewhere in some kind of notebook or something right do you have a lot of um a lot of lyrics that are waiting for a home yeah, and the vast majority will probably never see the light of day and will probably be buried with me um, in the <laughs> earth for the unseeing eye to never lay its seeing eye on. It's just like, you know, but I think, you know, some of my favorite artists are very prolific and, you know, I'm sure I haven't seen half of their stuff either. And um, so, yeah, it's been nitpicked. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if anything from the back catalog comes back, but I don't think <laughs> I think we're going to stick to the most recent notebooks. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. the single, so now, uh, how long ago did you write that? Is that a recent composition? Like the, the lyrics of it or, or is it something you had from before? Uh, yeah, I think I would probably have to check my voice memos. Um, but while well, probably 21, 2021. Okay. okay. Or, 22 i don't know those years kind of blended together if you know what i mean <laughs> i know yeah yeah i just discovered the other day that i've been working from home for three years now and it seems like it's been like six months so yeah i get it it's, yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah did that whole situation impact uh sort of the schedule of when you were going to record and release music were you 
did, did the pandemic throw everything into chaos for you or is it worked out well where the timing is sort of happening now? Yeah, I think it worked out for me because um, when things were locking down, it was forcing me to slow down um, and, you know, like couldn't get back into the studio to work with Sierra or Maddie. Um, and then a few other things pushed the project forward. I was really, I really wanted to work with both of them. And then, you know, hiccups came up and also they're incredibly busy. Um, sure. And so anyways, there was a million different things that happened. And at the end of the day, I'm really happy it took that long because then I like rewrote so many of those verses or decided actually that song sucks. We should use this one <laughs> instead. Like Joan of Arc actually wasn't even supposed to be on the EP. But then I wrote it like in this frame of time where things were just like, nope, not yet, not yet. And I was like, okay, well, whoever's conducting this orchestra from above, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just going to be the way it is. But I think that's how I've learned to roll with these creative projects. It's like, follow your gut and also try not to rush, even though like you just want to be like, I want everyone to hear what I'm making, ah, you know? Well, and the temptation to do that now, too, because because everyone has access to so much... I mean, like you said, with voice memos, you could potentially just record it on a voice memo and throw it on the internet within minutes, right? I mean, there's the... Uh, 100%. It's so much easier to, to spew everything out <laughs> online that, that you can. I mean, there's good and bad about that, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that uh, things worked out in the time frame uh, way for you anyway. At this point, what is the best way... I mean, again, remembering that people will have... The, the single will be out by the time this, this comes out as a podcast. Um, how do they find your music? Where can people, uh, first of all, hear your, your single and then future music? And then also, how do they find out more about what you're doing as far as maybe potential shows? Or, um, you know, it's a podcast. Someone could hear this a year from now. Maybe you have new music out by then. Where, where does someone find you online? Yeah. Um, well, right now, uh, the single's out. You can listen to it on all, virtually all platforms that exist under the sun. I don't know, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, XYZ, YouTube, probably. And then you can find me on all the socials. I will admit that I'm still, like, getting back into the flow of things. So I think I have, like, two TikTok videos. But follow me on TikTok you want to support me because apparently those numbers are really important i don't know <laughs> not to, not not to me personally but like i don't know but you can do that uh instagram i use that probably the most facebook you can follow me there um and yeah i try and keep consistent on posting um upcoming shows and all of that cool so you can find me on there and then uh, as i know the ep is is a few months away at this point but are you planning on releasing that just digitally or physically or both or is that to be determined yeah, so it'll be released digitally. Um, I think I would like to do some sort of physical copy. You know, I know people are getting back into the, like, I don't know, not the VHSs, the tape decks. <laughs> yeah, because tape decks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to make a VHS yeah. in the CP, guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I'm thinking about it. But we'll, we'll see where we go. But for sure, it'll be on all of the things. Um, and Bandcamp, too, so you can download there as well. Awesome. 